This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's anyone's worst nightmare, a visit to the dentist. It can be painful for your mouth and your wallet. But at least if you go to one, you can trust that you're in the hands of a medical professional. After all, dentists are the doctors of your mouth. They can prescribe painkillers, steroids, muscle relaxers, and other non-over-the-counter medicine that you might need to help you get through whatever you're going through. And for a while, medical and dental care went hand in hand, but the father of modern dentistry, Pierre Fauchard, elevated dentistry as its own science around the 17th century. He's part of the reason why doctors and dentists are separate, basically why you need health and dental insurance as two different things here in the United States. There's no doubt the dentistry field is important. Gum disease and other issues with your mouth can affect your entire body. However, this separation has had some massive consequences over the years. Some dentists have used it to their advantage, seeming like professionals in their field while extracting thousands of dollars and an unnecessary amount of teeth from their patients. The divide between the medical and dental sides of things has led people to be unable to get the care they need and a feast or famine mindset among the latter. Some say that this has also led to the dental field being woefully behind when it comes to the latest medical technology, as well as a whole host of dental scams. But what are we really to do? Seek a potentially expensive second opinion? Cough up the money? Actually start flossing and just hope for the best that nothing goes wrong? Well, in order to decide what's right for you, it's important to understand the problem first. And today, we're going to take a look at the dental profession as a whole, here on The Corporate Casket. Open your mouth, please. Now you need a root canal, Ms. Moran. We need to clean out the nerve damage to your way. Well, how much is that gonna run me? Oh, ballpark around $1,400. Take some deep breaths and try to relax. episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. We dentists only spent four-ish years learning to call every mouth bone by a number, so you never have any idea what the hell we're talking about. After that, we can almost immediately take our boards, get a license, and start scraping sensitive gums with hooks and berating you when they bleed for some reason. Oh, speaking of, suck on this. Now the previous audio you just heard might be a bit of satire. It's from a cracked video called If Dentists Were Honest, but it does seem to hold some shreds of truth in there. If you're taking care of your teeth, chances are that you're not going to need a ton of procedures. Yet there are dentists out there who throw ethics out the window and hand out root canals like candy on Halloween. 
a holiday that I'm sure they're very glad exists to keep those lights on. One such denter, Seidler, realized that an acquaintance of his, John Roger Lund, was doing exactly that. See, Lund was a dentist in San Jose, California, who retired back in 2012. Brendan Ziedler bought up his practice and took on Lund's patients. And in little time at all, he realized that something was wrong. Ziedler was only making about 10 to 25% of what Lund did at the same practice and a ton of Lund's patients had extensive dental work. One patient, Joyce Cordy, never had so much as a cavity when she met Lund. Then after a year of being with him, he was recommending root canals and crowns. She ended up having 10 of each, paying about $70,000 in total for the work he did. Another patient, Mitchell, paid about 50,000 out of pocket for nine root canals and crowns. He figured the treatments were as common as fillings and had, quote, trusted Lund completely. Why would Cordy and Mitchell think otherwise though, right? They both respected Lund as a medical professional, a dentist that surely wanted only the best for them. They probably didn't know anything about teeth. And Cordy said that every time she did ask a question, Lund was always able to come back with a perfectly reasonable explanation. In fact, Lund's patients trusted him so much that when Zadler took over, they were actually confused as to why they weren't being recommended expensive procedures anymore. But he didn't deserve that trust. Lund replaced crowns every five years when they're typically meant to last 10 to 15 years. It's because insurance companies will cover the procedure after five, and that's the minimal interval of time, so Lund took advantage of this. Plus, even though a typical adult has 32 teeth, more than 50 of Lund's patients had around a third to more than half of their teeth root canaled. Imagine being told that you need 24 root canals. Just think about that for a moment. Quote, according to one lawsuit that has since been settled, a woman in her late 50s came to Lund with only 10 natural teeth. From 2003 to 2010, he gave her nine root canals and 12 crowns. And look, root canals can be needed to treat infections in your tooth pulp. I'm not gonna pretend that there's zero use for them at all. But it became very clear to Zeidler that this was not a situation where one or two people needed extensive help. Lund was taking advantage, even charging extra for an incision and drainage or IND in almost every root canal that he performed. That's apparently used to treat severe infections and it basically consists of lancing an abscess and putting a little rubber tube in the wound. It's apparently as painful as it sounds, but none of the patients Seidler ever asked were called having one despite Lund charging for it. There are so many consequences to doing something like this. Not only for Lund who was actually sued and then arrested for this, but for these patients too. Some of these root canals have failed, leading to more painful and expensive procedures. Cordy's new dentist claims, quote, her x-rays resembles those of someone who had reconstructive facial surgery following a car crash. And for those who weren't physically damaged, the trust is gone. They had faith that a supposed medical professional would do right by them. And that faith was trampled. I have to commend Zadler here because it would have been all too easy to just keep up the act, earn a ridiculous and undeserved amount of money and take advantage of these patients that were already willing to pay thousands because of the trust they had in their previous dentist. But how sad is it that he did well for just not being an utter asshole like his predecessor? Because the thing is, while this is just one Atlantic article and one prime example of charging for unnecessary practices, there are far, far more. In October, 2022, New York Attorney General James announced a $753,000 agreement with Dr. Jacobson and his company HQRC and 13 affiliated pediatric dentistry locations. They allegedly performed and billed for unnecessary pediatric root canals, as in, yeah, root canals on kids that were not needed. 
Of course, these parents were probably desperate to give their kids the best care possible and shelled out hundreds and thousands of dollars to do so. It just feels especially scummy to see a dentist put a child through this for money. Now, I've never had a root canal, but I have many friends who have had root canals and they describe it as nothing short of pure fucking pain and horror. So imagine doing that to a kid. I understand that there's numbing and stuff involved, but apparently the healing process around it is absolutely nasty. And again, that's for an adult. So now imagine doing that to a kid, all for just a couple more dollar bills. But there are plenty more cases too. Henry Duzen performed 2,200 root canals on roughly 500 patients. Once again, it was the dentist that bought his practice who noticed that something was amiss. A father-son pair of millionaire dentists went to jail as well. The son drilling 3,900 root canals for over 327 patients. That's an average of 11 root canals per patient. But the looming question here is how come these cases weren't caught until it was far too late? Well, unfortunately, the answer is one that we've seen many times before. There just wasn't anyone to stop them. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market treatment regimens, but dentists with their individualized practices are beholden to essentially nobody. State dental boards revoke so few licenses a year, I'd probably have to literally kill you to get suspended. Please don't kill me. Doctors, physicians, and the people we typically consider when thinking of medical professionals are held to a certain set of standards. Sometimes that's the hospital they work for or a strict ethical code that's just set in place. The point is there are a lot of safeguards out there. Whereas when most dentists work in a small business or private practice, it can be harder to hold them to the same standards. Now, that's not to say that there aren't private practice physicians too, but the world of dentistry can be a pretty murky one. Let's jump back in time to understand what happened here. See, in the 1840s, there was a historic rebuff that took place or an event where a couple of dentists approached physicians at a college of medicine in Baltimore and suggested that dental instruction be added to the medical courses there. Up until that point, dentistry had been a mechanical challenge like leaching or cupping. It wasn't its own thing. About 80 years later, biological chemist William Gies did advocate for the system to integrate, stating, quote, dentistry can no longer be accepted as mere tooth technology. However, at this point, dentists fought to keep their schools separate because they wanted the professional independence and autonomy they worked so hard to achieve. Over the years, the US is slowly trying to bring the two together and put dental hygienists in health centers, but it's a slow process. All in all, the fields remain pretty separate to this day. And what this means is that while the medical field is far from perfect, dentistry doesn't get much of the benefits that healthcare does. There's not as much reliable research, oversight, regulation, or insurance requirements. And not all dentists are going to be horrible and take advantage of this, but as we just saw earlier, the system makes it very easy for scammers and bad faith dentists to thrive. Plus, without that much research and data around this field, it's actually pretty difficult to argue against those creative diagnoses these bad faith actors come up with. According to the New Republic, there isn't a strong body of evidence backing up some of the most common dental procedures out there. 
So I decided to look up some of the research around root canals. And according to the NCBI, a root canal obturation, which is the process of filling and sealing a root canal is quote, ineffective in removing bacteria. Disinfection is important, but this filling process doesn't serve to stabilize a tooth. Poor regulations can impact everything from wait times to bad science and dentistry. And while heavy regulation has its own issues too, medical practices, in my opinion, need a bit more oversight than this. Naturally, there are some dentists who disagree with this. Michael Reddy has published an article in the UCSF claiming that The Atlantic used the example of Lund's practice to disparage an entire profession. Reddy states that dentistry is evidence-based and everything he does and teaches is for patients. Plus, even if there isn't a lot of new, exciting research around flossing, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It's been advised for centuries, and these academic health centers are simply trying to discover if flossing has any relationships with, quote, other aspects of complex microbiome infections. Whether or not that's the case doesn't make flossing less important. And the thing is, I don't disagree with Reddy. Yes, you should floss, and no, I don't believe that most dentists are greedy bastards just trying to fleece their patients. That said, I don't disagree with The Atlantic either. After all, it's not just one story or one horrific case study that discredits dentistry as a whole. It's the ease in which several terrible dentists have snuck through the cracks that have people concerned. And to some extent, modern medicine is starting to reckon with its tendencies towards excessive and misguided treatment. Dentistry just hasn't quite had this day of reckoning yet. And for whatever it's worth, this happens all over the world too. This isn't just a uniquely American problem. Final year dental students in Spain answered a questionnaire about a hypothetical patient around 2018 and 2019. According to the study published on the NCBI, quote, a total of 58.8% .8 of the students correctly identified an early carious lesion in a molar, while 63.2% would perform unnecessary complementary tests for its diagnosis. For the repair of a faulty restoration, an overtreatment was proposed by 87.8% .8 of the students a tendency to perform unnecessary complementary tests for Carrie's diagnosis was observed. It's fantastic that most of the students knew exactly what was wrong with the patient, but plenty more suggested extra tests and extra treatments that are most likely going to cause the patient unnecessary stress, whether that's from pain, sick days, cost, or whatever else it might be. The more surgeries and more procedures you recommend, the bigger the chance that it'll carry another headache down the road. Overtreatment remains a very large controversy to this day. But are there any alternatives? Is there anything that we can do? And are these potential alternatives even legitimate? Now, if you've gotten this far, maybe you're wondering if there are any dentists out there that really consider your overall health. A dentist that works with your existing medical history, focuses on brushing and preventative measures, and tries to weigh the pros and cons of treating teeth. That sounds pretty amazing, right? Maybe they avoid drilling, but offer acupuncture, massage, or even ozone therapy. Lucky for you, this person does exist, and they're called a holistic dentist. But don't just go jumping for joy yet, because holistic dentists have their own host of issues. It starts with the root of the industry, and as some would say, all of the holistic dentistry itself needs a root canal. The practices themselves stem from Western A. Price, who around the 1900s spread the belief that sugar causes, quote, not only tooth decay, but physical, mental, moral, and social decay. And that's not exactly what you want to hear from your dentist. Sure, maybe sugar did give you a cavity, but moral decay? What, so some criminals might not exist if we just cut back on the sweets? I don't think so. 
But apparently he also examined indigenous peoples and praised them for their lack of cavities, which is amazing. The Aboriginal diet does not include processed foods and sugar, so they don't have as many teeth issues and we can learn from them. But he kind of ignored that many of these people were malnourished, had shorter life expectancies and higher rates of infant mortality too. Colonization and destruction of their lands have led to a whole host of problems, malnutrition being among them. Sure, they don't have as many cavities, but the point flew so far over Price's head that it's downright concerning how delusional he sounds. And honestly, it does kind of low-key remind me of chiropractors. I'd like to think that I'm open to new ideas, but when a ghost is the inspiration for a field of medicine, I'm gonna have a hard time taking it seriously. Also, I have to ask, Canada, are, are you okay? Because both chiropractors and holistic dentists started with Canadians, so I just wanna check if y'all are doing good. Now, I already know we here in the US are not okay whatsoever, but I figured I'd ask the neighbors to the North what the hell's going on there, even if I'm about a century late. But moving on, there are a few other issues I've got with Weston Price. His foundation formed in 1999 was created to promote his principles, quote, it opposes fluoridation, vaccination, and pasteurization and advocates holistic dentistry, organic farming, homeopathy, raw unpasteurized milk, and many questionable dietary strategies. If holistic dentistry goes hand in hand with raw milk and anti-vaxxers, then count me the fuck out. That sends up two major red flags that are pretty impossible to ignore. Unfortunately, yes, that also does translate into some seriously questionable dentistry to this day. Another notable alternative dentist, Hal Huggins, promoted balancing body chemistry despite the American Dental Association Council on Dental Research denouncing his recommended diet. The FDA also forced him to stop marketing mineral products that he claimed would rid the body of mercury. Quote, Huggins also claimed that root canal therapy can make people susceptible to arthritis, multiple sclerosis, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, and other autoimmune diseases. He went so far the other way into scaring more mainstream patients, diagnosing literally all his patients with mercury toxicity, seemingly regardless of their history, that he even had his own dental license revoked because of it. Around this time, one woman was so paranoid that she had her fillings and root canals removed after reading Huggins' book and seeing him on television, unjustly terrified that they could harm her. She was later awarded roughly $200,000 for negligent treatment and punitive damages, though an appeals court later said that Huggins' opinions were protected by the First Amendment. Yet dental practices still hail this guy as the father of modern holistic dentistry and say he had a fruitful career that revolutionized the industry. But why in the hell would anyone want to honor this guy's legacy? The thing is, he did genuinely seem to want to do good by his patients and ensure that their fillings were safe. Yes, he was willing to stand up against the ADA and speak up against mercury fillings that could supposedly leak and hurt patients. But he also did that through fear-mongering and deceptive practices. Plus, if you truly look at the science around these fillings, the tiny amounts of mercury vapor within them aren't even really toxic. And most research has found no links between mercury poisoning and these fillings. If you're hypersensitive to mercury and grind your teeth, then certainly you may be better off with resin or glass cement fillings. But some sources claim that you're still likely to get even more mercury from seafood, so removing them is a bad idea. During my research, the only people I found advocating for the extraction of these fillings were holistic dentists. While more reputable sources have made it clear that there are other options, but if you already have these fillings, then you shouldn't risk further harm by taking them out. But okay, so if that data is unclear, then what did Huggins do? How did he truly help people? Well, apparently he marketed an amalgamator or amalgamator, however 
you're supposed to pronounce that, and it would supposedly detect positively or negatively charged dental fillings. But spoiler alert, it was nothing more than an ammeter that detects an electric current, and he would, quote, trick chronically ill patients into thinking that the true cause of their illness was mercury. If Huggins and Price are the daddies of holistic dentistry, then sure, count me absolutely out. I find it really hard to see the good in Huggins and value his research on fillings and the health of his patients when he was also fine duping some in order to make a dollar. Now, aside from the leaders in holistic dentistry having a pretty concerning past and putting some off-putting beliefs out there, there's also the matter of what many holistic dentists promote today too. McGill University's article on holistic dentistry claims that some use therapies not taught in dental school, advocating for detoxification formulas and supplements. I guess they say that a vegan diet or their supplements are superior for healthy gums, despite the scientific evidence to prove that. It's not hard to find dentists making these claims either. The clinic Georgian Dental says that a holistic approach to health can even eliminate the need to see a doctor for chronic conditions, something like diabetes, for example. And the last time I checked, holistic dentists really should not be making these types of claims. I'm all for eating well and keeping your mouth healthy too, but holistic dentistry or biologic dentists, as they say, go way too far the other way. Apparently, advertising that specialty certification isn't approved by the American Dental Association itself either and is quote, in of itself unethical. Truthfully, I didn't expect mainstream dentistry or holistic dentistry to both be so controversial and quite so damaging, at least when taken to extremes. But there is one more thing we do need to talk about in regards to dentistry before we end today's episode. And that's just the superficial nature of all of this. But before we get into that final point and discussing what the hell is really going on in dentistry and trying to wrap this whole mess up with a bow, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. Hello, today's first sponsor is actually me. Did you know that I have a Patreon? Patreon.com slash Illuminati. We're gonna be allowing membership soon on YouTube as well, so you'll be able to do it right through the YouTube app. But in the meantime, it's just for Patreon. If you're tired of the ads, including some that are put in here like today's episode, like right now in this moment, Patreon has you covered. We have ad-free episodes, which is no pre-rolls, no mid-rolls, no YouTube or Spotify putting anything anywhere, just the audio of the content that you want. And of course we have bonus episodes, live chats, discounts on merch. And if you're really cool, you'll even get regular letters from Casper, including his cute little paw print stamped on every single one of them. So make sure to check that out, patreon.com slash Illuminati. We live in an increasingly automated world, but some things still require tedious manual work. Luckily for e-commerce business owners, shipping is no longer a manual task thanks to ShipStation. Save time automating your shipping and returns in the ShipStation dashboard while keeping costs down with industry-leading discounts. And ShipStation is incredibly easy to use. It's literally its own little dashboard. And when it's time for you to get a customer's order ready for shipping, you just go in there, put in the information or have it imported in, and it's gonna spit out a list for you with all the possible carriers, all the possible times, and all of the costs associated with every single one. That way you can make sure you're picking the right option every single time. And it integrates everywhere that you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Spotify, and more. You can manage every order, like I said, from one very easy and simple dashboard. You'll print your shipping labels, you'll compare your shipping rates and delivery times to make sure that every single thing is optimized and the best for you and your customers every single time. You're gonna be able to get up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. And if that's not enough, you can use my promo code to try ShipStation free for two months. 
Did you know that over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation? And 98% of those companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. That's pretty damn incredible. So spend more time growing your business when you automate shipping tasks with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CASKETSDAY and you'll get a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code CASKET. As dentists and doctors are still largely separate, seeing a dentist on a regular basis isn't really on everyone's priority list. Plus, with the cost of seeing a dentist being so damn high, around half of Americans just skip their annual visit altogether. According to The Guardian, around 74 million Americans don't have insurance. And as this data is a couple years old, I'm not really confident that those numbers are improving. Like, have you seen the state of our economy? I have. This means that despite this sounding a bit like it's out of a dystopian novel, a perfect white tooth smile is typically a pretty good indicator of wealth now too. Mary Otto, the author of Teeth, The Story of Beauty, Inequality, and the Struggle for Oral Health in America, which I know it's a long title, but I absolutely promise you it's actually a very fascinating read, so I highly recommend this. But she spoke about this in The Atlantic, and she explains how tooth decay is almost seen through this moral lens, where we as a society judge people with an oral disease as moral failures in a way that we don't view other diseases. Even though seeing a dentist is in many cases an expense that is not affordable, there's so much emphasis on the perfect smile. Like sure, fixing a cavity is important, but surely you want your teeth perfectly straight and blindingly white too, right? And if you don't, then you're obviously a failure. You don't have a beautiful smile, then you should just be so fucking ashamed of yourself. And of course, that's not what dentists are literally saying. At least I certainly hope not. But you can't tell me that no one's promoting unnecessarily professional whitening and expensive cosmetic procedures either. When overcrowding or other health concerns come into play, it makes sense to seek out help. Otherwise, these things shouldn't be seen as an obligation. If you want to get this for yourself, then freaking go for it. But pressure from a dentist or anyone else for that matter should never be the reason. Not only that, but many dentists are also trained in administrating Botox now too not just for that TMJ or facial pain, but also for cosmetic reasons. And again, I think the same rule of thumb applies. If you want it, go for it. I just can't say I'm thrilled that an industry that is already towing a line mixing health with looks is going one step further in the appearance direction. I'm sure there are many phenomenal dentists out there that genuinely care about their patients and don't see this as a route to exploitation or making more money. But after researching for today's episode, my concern is that there are also dentists who may take down this dangerous road and won't be caught quickly because of a lack of regulation. As Botox and the demand for other procedures similar to it grow, there are bound to be consequences, ones that we don't even realize that are probably happening right now and we'll get the opportunity, the unfortunate opportunity to discuss this in a few years. I don't think this topic should be controversial simply because dentists are untrained or incapable. That isn't necessarily true, but it should be controversial because the industry as a whole needs some serious help and, and really major overhaul here. And all in all, before any large procedures, just try to get a second opinion if you can. And that includes if you financially can. I understand that's not on the table for most people. And no matter what your teeth look like, a smile is always beautiful. But with all of that being said, that is where we are going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date to all the latest episodes. And if you wanna hear more from me, again, as always, make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Illuminati. Links will be provided down below. 
So thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I really do appreciate it as always, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. No one relishes going to the dentist, but can you imagine a dentist drilling your teeth for no good reason? except to pad his pockets. Stephen Fabian has the story of a dentist who got millions for procedures that were unnecessary. Hey, it is cavity time.